three, two, one. that intro welcome to the friday edition of the dennis and andy show we are here with beer i made a rhyme you did it is the happy hour edition of the show it Um, is friday it It is is time to have a drink and talk some fun stuff talk some shit Hello, Donald DeLay. Be gentle. He knows we're reviewing Brutus the Badass. This is co-creator and artist of the book. Thank you for joining. Now that you're here, I feel a little bit of pressure. Psych! I feel no pressure. Uh, Jay Lee in the house. Hello. Um, Yeah, so that is what we're going to be doing. But first, we need to chat about real quick the beer Dennis is making me drink. It's swell. I'll tell you that right out of the game. This is amazing stuff, guys. It's amazing Um, swell. I had no idea. Now, you know, I like real beer and Andy likes light stuff. I like beer, just not oil. This is Green Man. It's called Demon Dweller. So we got to get this. uh, uh, All right. Demon Dweller, a barrel-aged Imperial Stout. The evil twins of Green Man's Imperial Stout was cast into the oak barrels and buried deep in the cellar. Our brewers are now reluctantly releasing this creepy deviant for your reckoning. Be forewarned, the Demon Dweller is cunningly smooth and has sinister charm. Don't be afraid of the dark, or maybe you should be. It is a 10% alcohol beer. And as soon as I took a sip, I fell in love with it. So I already know this is an expensive beer. I think it's around eight, eight bucks a can, but I'll probably pick some other stuff up. Are you serious? Oh yeah. This is not cheap. I feel so bad that this one can is probably only going to be drank down about this much and the rest is going to go down the drain. Oh, yeah. I didn't pay for it. You want me to? I donated that to you. You want me to cap it up and refrigerate it for you for next time you come over? Nah, just 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 be a man and guzzle it. So I poured mine in my packer instead of my uh, my yard today. And uh, man, this is good stuff. I am impressed. You know what would make this beer taste better? If I dumped it out, washed out the can, and then put a real beer inside of it. Wow. You mean something you can see through? Yeah. Hey, you can't see through Blue Moon that well. Oh, uh, yeah, if you put the orange in the neck. Jay Lee, he's got work to do. Well, Jay Lee, before you leave, all right, Andy, you're going to have to pull it up. Jay Lee was in the middle of our uh, – um, we had a conversation in one of our earlier episodes, and he thought it would be a really cool idea. All he right. said if he it. was going to draw – my girl, Jean Grey, and of course, I wore a DJ Decal shirt that they did for me, one-of-a-kind shirt here, and uh, he was going to do it she, with her daughter, Rachel, 
And he did. He followed through immediately. Um, I am really terrible with Twitter and stuff like that. So I'm really behind. But he got in touch with Andy and he gave him my Twitter handle. And I actually saw it came through. So I responded, Jay Lee, that is awesome. Thank you so much for doing that. I love it. I love it. I am such a huge Phoenix fan. And when anybody can draw something that's well beyond my means, I just love it. So thank you so much. Uh, hat tip to you. Yeah. Thanks for doing that. It looks pretty cool. Get some colors on that bad boy. and uh, yeah, yeah, Jay Lee offered it up and he put up there that he doesn't do coloring. And he said, if anybody wants to take a crack at coloring it, and that's what I love to see. Let somebody else take it and see what they do with the coloring of it. I would love to see what anybody comes up. So we're all going to be on the lookout for it. Yeah, totally. Totally. Um, all right. Well, I guess we should dive into the reviews. Uh, we're actually going to do, if you look at our graphic, Mother Trucker is first and then Brutus the Badass. But because one of the creators of Brutus, Donald, is in the house, we will do Brutus the Badass first. I did let Dennis read it. Here's the actual book. Brutus the Badass. It's square bound. It's nice and thick. Uh, Donald, if uh, I know it's not in demand anymore. Is it still possible for people to get? Please uh, comment if people can still get it from you, if you would. Uh, what I'm going to do is I am going to share the Indiegogo page, though just so people can see it. Um, I'll even, you know what? Might as well play the video too. What the heck, right? Let's do that. Hold on, let me make the screen a little bigger. Technology, love it. All right, let's play the video here. Real fast. Never mind, video's not available. It's probably because the campaign's closed. So oh. no, big, no big deal. Um, <clears throat> but let's talk about it. So Donald says, well, actually I can show it. He says, once shipping is done, he'll be doing an overstock campaign soon. So there you go. So it sounds like just wait a little bit, keep checking and uh, Indiegogo. And I'm sure Donald will announce it. And if he tells me, I will announce it. Yep. Uh, so you'll be able to get it again. So, so the basic gist is Brutus is, and I'm just reading this right off the page. Brutus is an intergalactic bounty hunter whose memory has been wiped clean. He and his friend Gideon, a robot who thinks he's human, are hunting down their latest bounty when Brutus's past finally catches up to him. I will say, I, uh, you know, the thing that attracted me to it right out of the gate, this is not going to be a, a, a big surprise to anybody, is the artwork. You know, once if if I get hooked by the artwork, that's that's usually 80 percent of it for me to buy something. And then I buy it. And if I didn't like the story, I still am like, well, I've got a lot of nice pages to look through. But I like the story as well. It's humorous. I love humor type stuff. And you get that sense from the cover, obviously. It gave me kind of a Lobo vibe. And I mean that in a very respectful, you know, very respectful way. Um, you know, Donald, kudos on the art. You know, I thought this image was fantastic. 
Uh, I love the big pompadour the dude has. You know, the character design in general, I think, is really cool. Uh, Story-wise, I really enjoyed the story. I thought it came across, uh, yeah, really well done. I thought it was funny. Um, I was entertained by it. It was a, it was a page turner as well. So it wasn't something that halfway through, because it is a thicker book, it wasn't something halfway through I was like, oh, I'll get back to this later. No, I want to finish it to see where it went. So I read it all the way through. Uh, Dennis, what are some of your thoughts? So a couple of things that struck me. So everybody knows, especially if, you know, since we talked with uh, Don Chen and stuff like that, I love parody books or books with humor in it. And especially as soon as I saw the cover, when you handed it to me for immature, suggested for immature readers, I got a chuckle. I'm like, oh, this is going to have some humor, I think, in it. I'm going to love it. Um I enjoyed it. So toxic masculinity. I remember seeing that right inside the book and I just started chuckling, you know, because we can't have that in today's, you know, mainstream culture. Um, you're right. I got the Lobo. Here's, here's what I took away. As soon as I saw it, it was a cross between Lobo and Johnny Bravo with the hairdo from Cartoon Network. So if anybody oh, yeah. saw that and what he did, and immediately I fell in love with the character. I just started laughing. And I'm like you, where if I pick up a book, even if it's a regular size book, and I lose interest in it, like I did Heroes Reborn number one, I actually had to sit there and read it over a couple of sittings. I actually sat here and started this, and I read it all the way through. I enjoyed the hell out of it. I thought the art was great. And I know you focus on the art. I am more of a story. I love the art. Don't get me wrong. But I love the story. This was a plain old fun read. I enjoyed it. And there were certain parts in there where we don't have screenshots or anything. But like when he, he knows he's got to throw himself off the side and he goes splat. And you see his intestines and everything like oh, yeah. it, it'll be a little bit, you know, I just started laughing. Oh my God. I, I was dying laughing. And I'm like, yeah, I love this. He's got the healing. He's got the fun stuff. The vibes were so positive in this. I enjoyed the hell out of it. So I do know that most likely when this does come up uh, available later on, I will be um, picking this one up. I'm glad Andy let me borrow it because it's not one that I had seen um, through any of the uh, the Kickstarters. Um, so um, I always love it when we get to, to see something that one of us missed. <laughs> Donald says right on. Thanks for the kind words. Well, it's uh, true. My, I mean, I don't placate to anybody. If I don't like something, I do it. My buddy <laughs> he says, get off the live stream, get back to inking. Like I said, the page will be done tomorrow morning. Shut up. Um, one of the what? things I really like about it is, and you can see on the page on the screen, is there's this little tag here that says important. Now, obviously, you know, that's not there in the actual scene. It's just for the reader to know, hey, this is important. I thought that was great. Another one is hand popping in, holding a sign that says, ow. And yeah. then I will do this. So I got a full screen myself because I thought this was cool, too. Uh, we introduce uh, a villain here, and she bends down, picks up a cigar, and licks it. And it's hard to read, but in the panel where she's licking it, it says gross. 
And I just love, <laughs> I, I love stuff like that that is is breaking. I mean, it's breaking the fourth wall, but with like signage, you know? So instead of somebody looking out at the reader, it's literally like, yeah, that is gross. It says that's gross. Right. It's um, subtle. This, this dude uh, that shoots the chains, there, there are a few things visually that I see that can really phys- get a physical reaction out, of, reaction out of me where I'm like, ew. And one of them, to give you an example, is if you remember the first Pet Cemetery movie from the early 90s, there's this scene of the old guy walking up the stairs and then uh, uh, the I think it's the kid that came back to life takes a, uh, a scalpel and slices his Achilles tendon, right? And that was literally a scene. I saw that and my my feet came off the floor and I just winced, you know, it's yep. like, it's like when a guy gets kicked in the balls, you're just like, Oh, and I don't know what it is, but these chains coming out of this dude's wrist and forearms, I was just like, Ugh, that just seems, ew, you know, um, but, it, but it's good because if something gives you a physical visceral reaction to me, that's a good thing. You know, you're invested in it. Correct. I like the fact that, uh, oh, and I love that he switched to a cigar. Yes. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I'm I, I, I'm right there with you. Um, you know, I love it when something's fresh, just like um, we had on uh, uh, Creator um, on Monday from Mexico City, and his stuff was really fresh. Yeah. This kind of stuff, it was – it. This doesn't fall into the same placation that we see in everything else today. Um, like I said, when I when I when I felt the Lobo Johnny Bravo mix, and you start reading it, and you start picturing the voice or hearing the voice, what you think it is. So my voice might be different than your voice, etc. But as I'm reading this, you know, I was like, oh my god, this is just fun. This is fresh. This is not some retread type of crap that you see out of Hollywood. This was enjoyable because it took me somewhere that I haven't been before or at least in a long time. So anyway, I enjoyed the hell out of this uh, book just because it was so fun. I couldn't put it down. I I love fresh new things. So I'm going to say, you know, kudos, kudos to this. Yeah, no, I give it, I give it a big thumbs up. Like I said, art wise, you know, I, I like Donald's style. I like how, like, for instance, these built these bridges in the background are just free-handed. You know, this just it, once again, I I like stuff that I don't do, and I don't do stuff like that because if I free-handed it, I probably would have used a ruler and pencil and then free-handed it in ink. But this just has such a nice organic uh, feel to the art you know, that it's like, it's living. And I think that's, that's really cool. Yeah. Um, You like people, you love the way people are drawn and stuff and then backgrounds. Oh yeah. For me, everybody knows like I'm a huge Trekkie fan. I love the starships. I love the technology. Oh, there it is. I love how different things, uh, the technical stuff, you know, looks. And what I typically find a lot of times, uh, comic book artists are really good at drawing characters or having partic- can draw women really well or super muscular men. 
but all of the technology, you know, just it's it's just a side note. This didn't have that. This had some of the cool techie stuff. You know, it's in either the future or a different reality in the future. They've got this cool stuff. So I enjoyed the detail on that as well. It's funny. He was literally thinking, he says, ruler suck. I'm from that Keith Diffin Trencher school of buildings that look like melted butter. Well, the funny thing is, that's what I was thinking when I was looking at this. Uh, the backgrounds are, I was thinking, you know, it gives me a Trencher vibe. Uh, you remember Trencher? Came out through Image back in the Image glory days. Keith Giffen, you know, wrote and drew it. That's how Keith draws. Keith draws very open. Trencher was his basically Lobo character. And, you know, he just he just doesn't really rule out anything. And it has that nice organic vibe. Uh, very cool Rob Willis variant cover, which yeah. is which is no pun intended. Badass. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, I give uh, I, I give kudos to this book. I thought it was really fun. If you're into fun, over the top action uh, and, and just fun stories, then, you know, this is it. This is uh, this. You'll want to stay on the lookout. All right, Jay, have a good weekend and uh, we'll catch you next week, brother. Yeah, um, sorry, if, you have to go back to work. We'll drink. We'll have a beer on you. I will. Well, I'll have a beer later when I go to dinner. I'm, I'm, I've about had it with this garbage dentist made me drink. Um, <laughs> you poor bastard. Uh, yeah. So if you're into good, fun, over-the-top action, nice, fun story, uh, cool artwork, I'd say uh, this book is for you. And, so uh, CGC rating, what are you giving it? You know, I'll give it a, I'll give it a strong eight. Okay. I'll give yeah. it eight, eight out of yeah. 10. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm going uh, 8.5. I like I said I I enjoyed it I couldn't put it down um, I I really liked it I did like the ending and I'm I'm kind of wanting to see where this continues so again it it, it kind of gave me that cliffhanger vibe I want to I kind of want to see where the character and the universe uh, you know opens up so it's piqued my interest so. I think it was a good opening. As far as I know, this is the first of its of its kind. Yeah, um, into the uh, universe building uh, uh, book. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm very I'm very curious. I hope you're working on the second one. That's right. It's cool. All right. So there's our review of that. Now we're going to move on to another fun book, action and fun, Mother Trucker. <laughs> I mean, so I saw this on Facebook. And uh, I'm actually friends with uh, the creator, Andy Ballinger, on Facebook. Uh, I believe he lives up in Canada. So Mother Trucker is a sci-fi comic about a space trucker. Oh, Donald says there will be a book, too, for sure. Awesome. Yep. Glad to hear that. So Mother Trucker is like it says. It's about it's sci-fi. It is about uh it's Mother Trucker. I'll just read it so I don't screw it up. It's a 36-page sci-fi space wrestling epic about a badass wrestle goddess trucking through the galaxy, searching for her long-lost kid and looking to become the greatest champion of truck-off, the WrestleMania of the Starways. And uh, once again, another very nice, very nice package. Uh, I'll spotlight the screen so people can actually see the book. Do, 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 solo. So here it is. He did a spot varnish. 
on the logo and the figure of Mother Trucker so that, you know, she's a little shinier than the rest of it. It's very nice. It is stapled, not square bound, but the production on it is really nice. Really heavy cardstock cover. Nice, uh, nice paper stock on the inside as well. So uh, let's, uh, I believe we can watch this video. Let's see if I'm correct. Let me blow the screen up some. Let's try watching this one, see what happens. Do, do, do. It looks like it should be going. <laughs> well, no, awesome. you saw it at the bottom. Oh, here we go. Gotta put it on the clapper. Boring. 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 So boring, Scuds. This one's soaking wet. It's so watered down. Man, comics used to be so rad. What happened? Whoa! 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 Animal Bomb Anger! Howdy, boys. How you doing? You guys like comics? I make comics. I make this comic, Mother Trucker. What do you think? Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. Animal, Animal. you, you make, make comics? Sure do. This is Mother Trucker. It's about a space trucking, ass stomping, wrestle goddess who's flying throughout the galaxy trying to get new contracts and to be the greatest truck off champion of all time. Whoa, Animal. This is rad. Yeah. Where can we find them? I want to bring these to all my friends at school. Can we have these ones? No. Hey, listen, guys. Animal's not made of money. I can't afford to make more than two of these. <laughs> for me. Give them back. Maybe one day, when Animal has a pile of money, he can make more of these. But not today. This is all you get. A little sneak peek. See you later. Wait, Animal. Wait. Haven't you heard of Kickstarter? You can make this dream come true. <laughs> gotta watch this whole video. You haven't heard of Kickstarter? You guys, printing a lot of comics costs a fortune. It's really expensive. <laughs> Kickstarter can raise money for your project. Your quarter animal. You should cost a fortune. Distribution cost a fortune. Ah! Ah! Oh god! It's gonna cost too much! It's too expensive! You'll never make your space specialist topic! Just give up! Just give up! Oh my God. All right. That is, uh, that is funny. 
<laughs> yep. That is funny. Um, uh, I'm pretty sure that uh, no surprise, Andrew Ballinger is the animal wrestler there. Um, it is a 36-page book. He did meet stretch goals. I got a bunch of extras with it. I got a poster. I got stickers. Um, I can show one thing that I've got right here. The other stuff I already have put away. But let me full screen myself. Then we'll talk about the book. Doo, doo, doo. I got a nice die cut mother trucker sticker. So that's cool. Um, so, you know, what intrigued me about it was once again, the art, I saw the art and I was like, that's really cool looking. Um, I definitely want to check this out. I went to his campaign, I backed it and you know, he got the book done, got it delivered. The art is really detailed. Let me see if there's more in the campaign page. I'm sure there is the show. Uh, the art's really detailed. Uh, it's nice storytelling. It's a nice, fun story. It's more realistic. Here's some of the art from it. You can see, like I said, highly detailed work. He did not skimp. That's for sure. You see these scenes. He created this world and invites you into it. And it's, it's sci-fi. It's in your face. Uh, Mother Trucker shows up. Uh, let me see. Dennis, do some chat while I, when I, while I check out when she about. Well, how a couple of things that up. struck me with this. Um, yes, this is definitely a, a book for adults. And um, uh, I, I enjoyed this. Um, again, it, it, these parallel each other pretty well because yeah. this was also very new and fresh. Um, and how I was talking about technology, that holds true in here. They actually have, for example, um, some really fantastic trucks that are drawn. You know, sometimes you see them straight on. You know, these are like ships. They actually take off. They kind of remind me of like the uh, uh, AC-130s, you know, with the jets and stuff that you see them at. Like mm -hmm. the shows, how these big semis are like launching up. Um, you know, so there is details to technology, to the uh, to the people, um, I love the art in this. Um, it was it was really good um, all the way through. So, I mean, it wasn't like it was good here and there. I love the style of it. It fit. She, you know, she gets her new body, you know, the mother trucker. And I the story was just fun. This was another one that, as I stated earlier, I if I put a book down, it's because I'm not all that interested and I'll eventually get through it. I didn't put this one down either. Now, this one's not quite as large, but it was still super enjoyable. And I, I read through it. I enjoyed it all the way. Again, this was something different and fresh. And it's kind of like all the cool space stuff meets over the top. You know, that, that's kind of what, what I'm going with. Yeah. She's pretty kick ass. And I love, you know, the technology and, and what they're introducing to it. Um Fun. This was just a plain fun book, just like uh, Brutus was. So it was really great that I got to sit down and read back to back. Super fun, fresh book. So, yeah, really enjoyed this. The only thing is, I don't know 
uh, you know, it's not, he didn't take this from what I'm looking. It doesn't look like, so when you finish a Kickstarter, you can always take it over to Indiegogo and put it on in demand. Okay. It doesn't, it doesn't look like he did that. And I don't know. I'm trying to look, see if he has a website. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know how you would go about getting it now. Um, I would guess go to Kickstarter, look it up, uh, maybe Google search his name, look him up on Facebook, send him a message and say, hey, look, I saw Mother Trucker. How can I get it? Because I'm sure he still has some. I would assume like everybody, he overprinted. So he has more than just for the backers. So, you know, look into it that way. I definitely think it's a book you want to check out, you know, uh, CGC scale. I'm also giving this one an eight, 8.0 for originality, for uh, 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 captivating story. And just, you know, I really liked the art and I thought it was fun. Yeah. So, you know, it's a book that, you know, I hope he does volume two. Yeah. I'm right there with you. This one I'm giving an eight. Um, I, I enjoyed it just about as much as, as Brutus, but you know, with Brutus, it was just, it was just a thick, really encompassing book. There was just more to it. And, and I did appreciate that, you know, when you're spending the extra money for books, um, the Brutus book just gave you a ton of, of content for the money, the money that you were spending. So, I enjoyed this. I'm giving it an eight as well. I want to see what what if he's going to do another one and continue it. I hope so. This was another fun book in the same vein, kind of futuristic, kind of neat, a different take on things. It was a fun book. Yep. So there you have it. Now we're going to talk about Heroes Reborn number two. Yeah, yeah. We all we we get our we did our review of number one. Um, the other day and number one, I, I, we, we weren't really that thrilled with it. It was okay. It It was was okay. okay. Like, but you know, I said that what really pulled me back in was the whole Captain America scene in the end where he's in the ice and blades there and blades want to crack him out and stuff. And I was like, Oh, all right. And it's a weekly book too. So seven issues, seven weeks. And I was also like, well, if it's weekly, that means the trade's going to come out pretty quick. I guess I could just wait. So I was on the fence, went to the shop, saw it, and they hooked me with Dale Keown doing the bulk of the artwork. I was like, like, I love Ed McGinnis, and it's not that I wouldn't come back for Ed's work, but I have lots of Ed's work. So I was kind of like, eh, you know, I could wait till it's traded and see other reviews and see what I think. But then... Like I said, I see Dale Keown does 90% of it. I'm like, oh, you got me. So I bought it. Same here. And it was mainly in my mind, maybe it'll be for one more issue. Because honestly, I was probably just about done after the first one. And I'm definitely not doing any of the uh, the interconnecting ones. Oh, no. But, you know, when we I saw who the artist was, and uh, I did see a picture of this, which is Andy's got up right now. And I yep. went, you know what? I love Galactus. I love I love the artwork, you know, Dale Keown. So and I'm like, I, I'm going to get it. We'll see if it's any better. Um, and there's good news. I enjoyed this issue. 
yeah, far so better than I did the first one. So did I. I thought it was pretty cool. Of course, you turn the page and you get uh, Hyperion plowing through Galactus's head. Now, the only the, the criticism I'll say with this, I almost wish he would have punched through his chest instead and even maybe came out holding his heart. And this is why. Back probably 20 years ago, I think it was about 20 years ago or so, when Mark, I think it was Mark Millar, uh, I know it was Frank quietly doing the artwork, did the authority. There was a scene in the authority where there was this giant villain type character. And uh, is it Apollo? I think it's Apollo from the authority blew right through his head and took him out. Just flew, instead of going front to back like this, Apollo did the side, so he went in one side and came out the other, and that's what took out the giant guy. And back then, I was like, oh, that's awesome. So unfortunately, when I saw this, like I said, nothing against Dale Keown, because I love Dale's artwork, but Jason Aaron, if you never read that, you know, then you never read it. But if you did read it, then you might have wanted to go a different route, which I say just plow through his chest and have uh I mean think about that. He cut he goes, he plows through his chest and he comes out the other side holding Galactus's heart. Dude, that, that would have been pretty that's fucking cool. Really cool. I I actually can't see Marvel doing that. And, and that and I guess that's maybe one of the criticisms of of the mainstream stuff. Uh, uh Dale's Donald says Dale's art looked like it lacked passion, like he was tied to Marvel's crap and put in 50% of his normal effort compared to the dope art of the Hulk, the end, and his all-caps pinups. You know, Donald, I actually can see that, too. Um, there were certain aspects of Dale's art in this book that I was like, oh, he enjoyed drawing this scene. And there were certain aspects where it looked like, you know what, I just I, I want to move on to bigger and better things. Or... You know, Marvel could have been like, look, dude, this is the deadline. You need to get it done. I've been there with Marvel. I've been there with DC. Uh, anybody that works in the business for the big two will tell you they'll hit you with the deadline. And they might even change it up. In the beginning, might be like, oh, yeah, you got time. Take your time. And then they come back and they say, oh, what did we say? Sorry, we need it now. Get it done. You've got to take shortcuts. I have seen some of the stuff. Donald brings it up here. Uh Dale seems happier doing some cyber frog stuff. You know, Dale's doing some cyber frog stuff with Ethan. And I've seen some of the stuff and it's just phenomenal. I, so, I, saw the, I did see the uh, variant cover because I think he's doing a variant cover for Ethan, right? Yeah, but I don't think that was actually it. I think that was just him, you know, getting his legs or getting his getting used to the characters. Well, even that was really good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. No, he did a drawing. I don't know if Ethan showed the Salamandroid drawing yet. Oh, no, he did. He did. He did a drawing of Salamandroid, which was awesome. I just saw a new drawing today. I don't know if it's been put out publicly that he did of uh, Cyberfrog and Heather that looks kick-ass. But, you know, we I've done the corporate stuff, so I know how it goes. Uh, I thought this was a pretty cool page. Like I said, I think when it came to some of the splash pages, you know, Dale was like, oh, yeah, this will be fun. Put the put the work in or whatever. I, uh, I enjoyed this because, you know, I, I like Gladiator. Um, oh, yeah. You know, I, I like the entire team. And um, 
you know, they, they, I'm assuming they got inf infected, you know, by the brood. They actually don't talk about it. They don't mention it. They just say that they got infected. So he goes, ah, do I have to use my full force? I should, you know, and I shouldn't hold back because they were allies of ours. But so that was kind of cool. Um, the Hulk scene was really cool. Um, where he shows up in his school and everything like that, because we all know he's a he's a Hyperion's a school teacher by day, um, of American history nonetheless. Oops. Yeah. Um, and uh, well, the thing the thing that I thought was interesting with the Hulk, kind of interesting, but once again, kind of like, eh, is didn't you get a Bizarro vibe from the way he was talking? Yeah, but what was interesting, the way he was talking, I did. I, I absolutely got the Bizarro, uh, um, which is funny that you say that. On the flip side, he also remembered. So he, like Blaine, yeah. he did. He remembered this isn't right, and he knew it even in his dumbed-down, Bizarro-ish type of thing. He knew this wasn't right. Maybe it's because he's too dumb, and for some reason, you know that because it's this is the version of him that it looks like he did was the original version from like early Hulk, early Avengers. Right, right, yeah, that's true. Um, and you know the way he took him out, which we just had on screen, where he basically just kept blasting him to shit to where he couldn't regenerate fast enough. Uh, I thought was really cool. And then you know they had a uh, they had a uh, Ed McGinnis. I don't have the book. Oh, actually, I do. I have it right here. Let me see how many pages Ed did. Because Ed McGinnis did actually draw, and actually somebody else had to help. Somebody helped out, too, with uh, Carlos Magno helped out on the Dale Keown part of the story for a few pages. But well, then and I Ed wanted to find out what you thought, because they did have a really interesting interaction with this hooded guy who's a veteran and stuff like that. And I knew immediately who it was going to be. Oh, yeah. I just wanted to get your take because it's your one of your favorite characters. So Ed McGinnis did a five-page story where basically Hyperion is teaching class. And then he notices somebody outside the class. So he goes out there as Hyperion. And I tell you what, this was – I love Ed's stuff. I've got a couple original pages of Ed's work. I'm going to bump Dennis here real quick to show this full screen. I love Ed's work. That was worth the price of admission for me. That is just such a cool shot of Hyperion. Um, so yeah, he goes out and he talks to this guy and you see him in a, in a hood and jacket. He's got a beard and stuff. And yeah, I mean, I knew who it was right away. And then you find out on the last page of the book that it's Steve Rogers you see him with his, his jacket open and his Captain America costume below, and he's with Blade. And, you know, I thought it was really good. So I'd say right now, unless for some reason there's a ton of stuff that comes out next week, I'm probably 80% there getting issue three because, you know, I only bought like three things this week. So buying, you know, if next week there's only like two books and this is one of them, I'll probably get it. Uh, uh, yeah. I don't know if Ed's drawing. I, I don't know. We'll see. It'll I, we'll, be, we'll it'll be one out. of those moments when I'm in the store. It's on my pull. Um, I was probably after this issue, I was going to be done because I, I assumed it was going to be about the same level as the first one. This one was better. I enjoyed it. The artwork was 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 far su superior, and, and I like both the artists. 
but I just love the, the, the rendition of everything in this and, and the direction, because this was Hyperion centric. Oh, and yeah. we don't get a lot of really good Hyperion centric stories. So they did a really nice job with this um, tied in with the art. Um, you know, I think I gave a 6.5 on issue number one for my CGC rating. I'm giving this a 7.5. It piqued my interest more where I will pick up issue three and I'm going to see, is it going to carry the momentum up like this issue did or is it going to fall back? If it falls back, I may be done. If it continues right. it forward, I may just pick this up through the end, at least for the main seven-issue story arc. Right. Another cool thing, too, was um, I didn't feel like I missed anything with just reading the two main issues and not the spinoff or shoot-off you know, stuff that I didn't get, which is nice. So, Well, interesting point. If I had just picked up issue two, I would be far more invested in the story because issue one kind of brought me down. Right. Issue one, and they actually give the little blade history in the back. There was nothing that drew me in in the first one. And they give a, a little synopsis in there on issue two of what happened to blade in the first one. Honestly, if I had just picked up issue two, I went, oh, hey, this is actually pretty cool. I would be more invested than going from one to two. So in this particular case, I, I, I think issue one, issue one should draw the reader in, make them want more, and then hopefully continue that momentum forward. This did the opposite. So issue two was the one that actually got me. So it'll be interesting. I am going to pick up issue three. I already have it on my poll, and I'm going to pick it up, and then we'll see how it goes from there. Nice. Well, let's move on to some movie news. So there's a report that Marvel's The Eternals and Shang-Chi might get banned from China. What's up with China throwing a little Asian hate towards Shang-Chi? That seems weird. Um, yeah, we were hoping to talk about this on Wednesday, and we, we wound up running long. So we apologize for, for the delay, but, you know... Um, Marvel, their biggest flaw, I think, and in, in a way, is Marvel is gearing up everything that they do. They're trying to appease China because they want that market. So they go out of their way to create stuff that will be China happy, U.S. less happy. Yeah, and well, that's Disney okay. just that, over. That, that is a financial decision that they're going with. The problem is... In America, we're, we're wide open. In China, they're a communist government for a reason. They have chosen to open it up like they did the movie Mulan, the remake of Mulan, which was wretched, by the way, compared to the original movie. <laughs> the original one was fantastic. And this one, even though they filmed it right outside of, a, out of an internment camp, you know, anyway, it's a whole separate story. What they're doing here is they have one of them is, um, and I don't remember her name. She's the director. Um, she's from China, but apparently because she made a comment, and I think it was with Vanity, um, oh. that America is her home. China doesn't want it perceived that somebody would leave China and come to the United States to be successful. So they wound up, we're done. 
So right. we will never show anything that they have. So it doesn't matter how good or bad the movie is. It's just going to be canceled. Right. Well, and supposedly with Shang-Chi, it has something about, let's see, uh, as for why Shang-Chi and Eternals might be banned, uh, Davis cites the director, Chloe. Uh, yeah, that's her Zhao. Chloe Zhao is the main reason for the Eternals, kind of like you said. Zhao saw her Oscar win for Nomadland censored in China by the communist-run government. The censorship came after Zhao's comments about China from 2013 resurfaced where she described the country as a place where there are lies everywhere. No, not China. Yeah. Uh, more recently, Zhao was also reported to having said that the United States is now my country. So, yeah. So, China, I mean, that's, it's, God, China, so dumb. Yeah. Um, so now here's the interesting thing with Shang-Chi. When I first saw the original trailer, everybody knows that I really like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragons. Right. It, it's just one of my favorite movies in that genre. It was so beautifully done. And there were elements about the Shang-Chi trailer that was reminiscent of it. The problem I had was the heart and soul that made Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragons so good was was absent from the trailer it could be just because it's a trailer but i it was lacking it was like a cardboard cutout so all i'm gonna say is it looked all right but it didn't make me say i need to rush out to the theater to go see this right well supposedly as as for shang chi one of the issues is the use of the mandarin as noted by Davis, the communist youth leader paper China Youth Daily claimed in 2019, although the Mandarin is not the same person as Fu Manchu, it still is under the shadow of Fu Manchu. They added even just the announcement of the characters has caused huge controversy in China. Marvel wants Shang-Chi to earn money from global audiences, but faces a big challenge. The film itself will decide whether it will end in tears or laughter. So, you know, that's, you know. I guess it's not really that surprising, but China does have big censorship over there. Yep. So, yeah. You know. And the Eternals now, you know, that's that's a wholly different. Uh, well, in Shang-Chi, you, you actually got it up on the screen. So China doesn't like Fu Manchu has a negative connotivity in um, um, in their in their culture. So they had changed it way back when to become the Mandarin which in their mind kind of made it better, but not really. So, I mean, Shang-Chi, the movie's got a double strike against him. Right, right. The Eternals movie, you know, um, I'm a little shocked at, at that one that was being banned, uh, potentially. But from my perspective, there was nothing interesting about it. And, you know, I can remember the Eternals, the original run. Um, I remember the Neil Gaiman run. Um, and, and we've talked about the current run that was supposedly going to kind of tie into the movie. Oh. I already canceled it from my list. It was garbage. I mean, there was nothing that I enjoyed about it. Um, the art, the story, it was bland. It was boring. And if this is what's going to tie into the movie, I have zero interest in seeing anything of the Eternals. I mean, obviously we'll see the movie, but 
We will because yeah, we're going to review it. But the I'm book not itself, excited. like Dennis said, the new the new Eternals book just it just bored me for a twenty page comic. Oh, Dennis, if I could just pour this over to you, I would. I would drink it because that was a really good beer, dude. Oh, uh, you're tipsy now. Looks like Believe the wife's not, driving I out to dinner. It. I can feel it. The wife is driving out to dinner. Um, yeah, I mean, I couldn't. For a 20-page comic, like I said, uh, Brutus the Badass, 48 pages or so, couldn't put it down. Mother Trucker, 36 pages, couldn't put it down. I could barely get through one issue of the Eternals, and that's only 20 pages. And I like the guy's art when he paints, Asad Ribic, but his characters, when I think Eternals, I want to see larger than life. And his art is really grounded in reality. And that comes down to the proportions of the characters and everything. And, you know, being real human proportions. And it just wasn't working for me for that particular book. I've seen his work on other things that I really enjoyed. But for this book, it just it just didn't do it for me. So, uh, so yeah, that is. Uh, yeah. I wound that up, uh, I popped up about 10 quick flips um, yesterday. Um, I've had quite a few that have had some pretty good responses. So um, if anybody's watching and, you know, you can leave a comment below. What I'm finding is that people are, if they don't like the issue that I'm, I'm showing, they're doing a down vote. You shouldn't do a down vote for that because it affects us negatively. If you, right. if you don't want yeah, to Don't do a it, down vote for that. Leave a comment and explain why you don't like right. the series. Either the art, the story, the politics yeah. behind it, whatever you want. Yeah, you know, definitely. So, definitely. And, and I'm noticing this on the Marvel books. We're getting a lot of down votes on the Marvel books because people are, and this is the sad thing is they're, they're just upset with what Marvel's doing. And unfortunately, they're just downvoting anything that's showcasing them. What I want you to do, everybody, is. Don't downvote the video. We're yeah. going to do a quick flip review. And if you want to do a full review or not, make the comments down below and go ahead and put everything that you want to say in there. I'll highlight it. I'll respond to you. I would I would rather do that than just have you downvote the video because the video is going to be the same no matter if it's Marvel, DC, or uh, you know, Image, Dark uh, Horse, or an Independent. Yeah, exactly. Downvotes, all downvotes do is hurt us. So yeah. you should actually thumb up every video. And then like Dennis said, you know, explain why, um, explain why you gave it a downvote. No problem in the comments, because that won't, won't hurt us. But yeah. And then before we leave, I think I will show, so heavy metal number 306 came out this week and 306 has a story in it by uh, a creator owned story by myself and Keith Champagne. So I'll show you a little bit of the artwork to hopefully entice you to go out and buy heavy metal 306. It's not a superhero story. It is a uh, story about a detective, a cop in the seventies. His nickname is Kuda. Part of the reason his nickname is Kuda, as you'll see when I turn this page, is boom, because he drives a 1970 Kuda, which is a car that I love. 
And uh, kind of uh, when I was thinking about the story and when I was telling Keith about it, you know, the whole thing was I just I think a detective that drives a Cuda and his nickname Cuda is pretty cool. And if there's some way to get him to the present day, that would be cool. So uh, this is some well, of the well, artwork. Well, Keith did hop in, and he and he's telling you to get back to work so you can get the next story out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I got to work on First Man too. So these are some of the pages from Cuda and Heavy Metal. Just go through it quickly. Don't want to give everything away. So yeah, so go check out Heavy Metal and Cuda. That would be much appreciated. And uh, thanks again for joining us on this Friday happy hour. It was happy for Dennis because he drank a good beer. It was sad for me because the beer that I tried was garbage. And, uh, oh, God, if there was a way to get this through the screen. So uh, we'll be back Monday. Monday we are uh, doing an interview of uh, with uh, Philip Diaz, the creator of Magic Cop. Uh, which is on Indiegogo right now. We'll be talking to him Monday. It'll be at 8 p.m. instead of 7 p.m. on Monday. So please join us Monday for that. And until then, everybody have a good weekend. Like and subscribe. Hit the notification bell so you know when we go live. And uh, we'll see everybody on Monday. Have a good weekend. Bye, -bye everybody. Bye, everyone.